actually finally at the last armor of God. I think we've taken, what, last seven or eight weeks to actually go over this topic. Uh, before we get into it, I want to show you guys uh, a picture that I saw I thought was pretty funny and also appropriate since uh, the weather this week was kind of crazy. It was, it was about weather and it's about, obviously, Texas, right? Of course. Uh, they said in weather in United States, in Arizona it's hot, Wisconsin it's cold, Washington it's rainy, Nebraska it's windy, okay? And then it says here, uh, that's just a regular Thursday in Texas, yeah. right? So true, so true, right? It's funny because it's so true. As you guys know that since weather tends to get crazy, uh, day to day, even hour to hour, it's very important uh, that the first thing that you do is when you wake up in the morning to get dressed, or this is actually what I do. Before I dress uh, Kurumi, I always look at the weather app. Right, because I want to know exactly what the weather is going to be like today, right? Because if I don't check the weather app, again, you just never know what's going to happen outdoors, okay? So you need to know what to expect when you go out. And that's what the Bible actually tells us about our spiritual walk as well, right? It tells us if you don't know what's coming up, you're not going to be prepared, but a lot of times we don't think about the spiritual realm. We don't think about that there's a spiritual warfare going on. And so a lot of us, we don't put on the armor. Okay? So it's kind of like going out in a very, very sunny day with a big jacket on. Or it's like going out in a rainy day without any umbrella. What happens? You have a miserable time. So same thing with us spiritually as well. Satan is always attacking us. But if we don't have our armor, then again, it's going to be miserable. We're going to be reading once again from Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That's what we're fighting against. So we went over... Uh, one, two, three, four, five different pieces of armor. We went over the belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, sandal of peace, shield of faith. And then last week, we went over the helmet of salvation. And today, we're going to go over our last one. Okay? So we're going to go here. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Okay, so some people actually say it's the sword of the word as well. Do you guys see, uh, I don't know if you guys caught this, yesterday we talked about this, but every one of this is defensive, right? You're not using, you're not taking your sandals off to like fight, okay? Unless you get really, really desperate, okay? <clears throat> okay, all of these are defensive weapons. But here, we see, actually see what? It's actually what? an offensive weapon. So what that tells us is not only are we prepared for Satan's attack, we also need to what? Prepare to fight Satan as well. Because what happens? What happens if you just keep getting attacked and you're defending yourself? Eventually, it's going to wear down. Eventually, Satan's going to get at you. Okay? So what you need to do is at the end, you have to bring the sword and you have to say, get away from me. 
I'm going to give you a short explanation of what this, I think, looks like in our lives. And I'm going to give you a better explanation of uh, Jesus actually using the sword. Uh, okay? So the, the simple explanation, we talked about this in the very beginning of our sermon. We said that Satan, what he does to us is leave lies into our hearts. That's the best thing that he does. Okay? It's not affect our circumstances necessarily. Okay? But it's really leaving lies. And so we, I, I, I um, shared this before. Satan doesn't leave fang marks. He leaves lies into our hearts. And that's the best way to get to us. If we believe in a lie, then whatever we believe up here, we're going to act it out. And so if Satan could leave lies into our hearts, then he got us. He can't change the way. Again, we have choices that we make. Satan cannot make choices for us. But if he leaves lies into our hearts, then it's going to change the way we behave. Okay? Now, this is very important. Because every single one of these uh, armors prevents you from making sure that he doesn't implant these lies into our hearts. However, one of the things that we have to remember is not only do we have to get rid of the lies into, in, our, in our brains and our hearts, what do we need to do? We need to replace them with truth. Okay? There's actually a parable, uh, one of Jesus' parables, actually says, it doesn't matter if the spirit demon leaves someone's body. If nothing is filled in there, the demon is just going to come back. Okay? And he's actually going to bring all his friends. Okay? So it's actually worse. Okay? So it's a, it's a two-step process. Not only is it important for us to get rid of the lies into our, in our lives, but also replace them with truth. And that's what sort of the word really is. Okay? It's not only defending yourself, but also implanting your mind, putting, again, getting rid of the lies. By what? By putting truth. Okay? So we're going to actually see Jesus really doing this. As you guys know, uh, Jesus was tempted, before we go here actually, before uh, we go here, you guys know that Jesus was tempted in the wilderness for 40 days. Okay? This is right at the beginning of his mission, okay? his public uh, ministry. He has baptism, and right after the baptism, he goes in for 40 days and 40 nights, and he fasts. And then here, Satan comes at him with three different temptations. And we're going to see Jesus, how he, again, he uses a sword. So we're going to see in, in our lives how Satan attacks us and how we can use the sword as well. All right. Uh, the first one, Satan come, came to Jesus and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Okay. There's a lot of scholars saying different things. But how I see this, he's basically attacking uh, God's character right here. He says, if, if you are the Son of God. Okay, and how is he attacking his character? He's basically saying, if you are who you say you are, then perform it by doing an action. Okay, so the basic idea is, if you are who you say you are, you should be able to perform it. In other, in other words, it's basically the concept is, if whatever you do, that's who you are. If you do well, you're a good person. If you don't, don't do well, you're not a good person whatsoever. If you're skillful, then you're worth something. If you don't have any skills, you're slow. You can't do this. You don't have certain skills, then you're worthless. And that's exactly what I think uh, Satan is doing here. You're the son of God. You're hungry. 
okay? Turn these stones. Only the Son of God can do it. So prove that you are somebody, okay? So what are some, uh, um, I guess, uh, more modern examples of this uh, for, for Satan to us, okay? So for some of us, Satan says, come on, you say you're a Christian. You say you're a Christian. You, you said you've been born into the church. You've been Christian all your life. How come you don't know anything? How come you still have that addiction problem? Okay. How come you're not good enough? How can you call yourself sons and daughters of God if you still keep doing that? Okay. So again, he says, whatever you do is your identity. Yeah? And so if you do something, then you become a Christian. If you don't do it, you're not a Christian. If you're not praying, you're not a good Christian. If you're not reading the Bible, you're not a good Christian. Whatever you do, that's who you are. Okay? And we see here, how does Jesus respond? Okay? He always says this. He says, it is written. Okay? Again, he's using the word. Word of God. He's not just saying, well, let me prove to you. Let me show you that I am the Son of God. Okay? Instead, he uses the word. Man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Uh, this actually comes from Deuteronomy when it's talking about manna. Do you guys remember uh, the concept of manna? Manna was what? Manna was, they were in the wilderness, they were all in the desert, just like Jesus being in the desert. Okay? And then what happened? Did they do anything? Did they, did they go, okay, Jesus, God, I'm going to pay my tithe. Okay? Where's the manna? Was it like that? No. Manna was applied from God. Okay? So what is Jesus trying to say? Jesus is trying to say, no, no, no. My identity is not based on the things that I'm doing. Okay? I don't get to earn my identity, earn my love through the things that I'm doing. Okay? No. Like, I was a slave. I'm, I'm, I'm still messed up. And yet, what do we see? We see God showing grace upon and giving manna to these people. So what is Jesus trying to say? He's saying, no, 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 no. I don't live on what I do. That's not how I'm fed. That's not part of my identity. My identity comes because what? From the mouth of God. God tells me who I am. Okay? God gives me what I need, not based on what I do. Okay? The source is God. My identity the source comes from God. Okay? So again, we see Jesus using the sword. So there's lies that's implanted that he wants to implant into us. And for us, it's to understand scripture and say no. Okay, we talked about this last week, right? When we were talking about salvation. That's not how Christianity works. Christianity is not a religion of works. Okay? That's not how we earn salvation. That's not how we earn identity. Identity is already given to us. And because of that, okay, I act out my, my identity, who I am. Okay? Because I'm already adopted as sons and daughters of God, I act that way. Okay? I don't need to act like homeless bum anymore. Why? I've been adopted. So I need to act like that. Not the other way around. Okay? Very important. All right. Let's see the second attack. Second attack, then the devil took him to the holy place and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are, again, if you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down. 
And this is the really, really interesting part, is that Satan also knows scripture. Okay? Because he scoops, he goes, oh, Jesus, you're going to use the Bible on me? Uh, I'm going to use the Bible on you then. Look, look what the Bible says. For it is written, he will command, and this is from Psalms, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Okay? This basically is saying, look, you're a son of God. Of course, God will protect you. Okay? So here, it's talking about circumstances. Okay? So the modern example of this is exactly the same thing, which is, look, you're a Christian. You faithfully come to church. So therefore, you're not going to be really, really seriously sick. Or, yeah, some small bad things are not going to work out your way, but in the end, the big things, it's not going to really happen to you. Okay? That if you believe, that you're going to become healthy and wealthy. Okay? That no bad things are really going to happen to you. Again, uh, Satan is using this Bible verse out of context. But he's basically saying, if God is a good God, no bad things can happen in your life. And he will provide. Okay? And that's the, that's the accusation or that's the temptation that Satan uses. So I know that there are people in this room okay, that are extremely disappointed at God or extremely bitter or resent, resentful towards God because you feel like, hey, God, I thought if I just accept this Christian thing that my life was going to get better. I thought, you told me, I, you know, I keep the Sabbath or I, I, I come to Sabbath school, then my life, it's going to work out. My career or my finances or my kids, they're going to listen back. I thought things are going to be okay. But it's not. So therefore, you're messing up on your side of the bargain. Okay? So what is he basically saying? He's saying, if God doesn't protect you, that means you are not son or daughter of God. You're not. Okay? So you in, either get very, very frustrated towards God or you feel like you're never good enough for God. Maybe I'm not, I'm, I haven't been doing stuff, enough stuff for God. Maybe that's why he's not protecting me. You know, I got to do more stuff then. Again, he attacks your identity based on the circumstances that happen in your life. Okay? How does Jesus respond to this? Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. So what is he saying? He's saying, listen, I don't need to test God. I don't need circumstances to change in my life for me to know whether God is a good God or not. I have faith in God's character. And that's what Jesus is basically saying. I don't need for me to jump and for God to rescue me for me to know that God is good. No. God is good regardless. Do you guys remember uh, Daniel's three friends? Daniel's three friends? There's a story of Daniel's three friends, and they basically had to worship in front of another king. And then they said, no, we will not worship. We will not worship. And the king says, you're not going to worship? All right, I'm going to throw you into the fire. How about that? Okay. And do you guys remember what they say? They say, you know what? We're not going to worship you. We're not going to worship you. We may get thrown into the fire, 
And we know that God has the power to save us if he wants to. But even if, even if God doesn't, it's okay. We'll still get thrown in. And that's what Jesus is basically saying here, right? Even if. Even if God doesn't save us, God is still a good God. Okay? So, again, that's what, again, he's using scripture to fight against the devil's scheme. Okay, let's go to our third one. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give to you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Okay? He's saying, I'll give you all of this. Okay? We don't know exactly what happened, but in Bible, we actually see that Satan is the ruler of this world. Okay? Uh, most likely, we think that Adam and Eve, they were supposed to be the rulers of this world. Right? Like humans, we were supposed to be. But after we fail, we given that right over to Satan. So not only this verse, but many different other verses, it actually says Satan is the ruler of this world. Okay, what, what is Satan doing here? He's saying, I'll give you all of this. You came for these, these human beings, I'll give it to you. You don't have to die. You don't have to sacrifice yourself. You don't have to go through crucifixion. Okay? No sacrifice needed. I'll give you the desires of your heart, no effort needed. So that's the modern version of it, okay? That's the modern version of it, okay? He says to us, just worship me. Just worship me. And the deepest desires of your heart, I will fulfill it for you. You know, that was the same thing that uh, he actually said to Adam and Eve. Look how beautiful this can be. You know what? You can become like God. You can choose to do whatever you think is right, and it will satisfy you. And actually says, Eve saw it and saw the beauty of it. So that's how Satan attacks us, yeah? He says, yeah, keep, keep pursuing that girl or guy, even though it's not good for you. Keep pursuing that guy or girl. That girl, guy, will fulfill the deepest desires of your heart. It will complete you. Okay, forget God. Okay, just keep pursuing after that. Pursue after money. It will satisfy you. It will make you feel so good. Pursue that career. It will make you feel like somebody. Forget God. Again, there's so many other things, right? Satan says to us, if you just have this thing, just worship me. Forget God. Worship me. Everything you will feel satisfied in. And the Lord said, away from me. And this is where we see him like really using the sword, right? He doesn't just defend, defend now. He says, away from me. Okay, no more of this. Again, this is what we need to do. Okay, we need to use our sword against Satan. For it is written, again, he uses the word of God. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So what is he saying? He's saying, no, no, no. Basically, my ultimate desire is to worship God. All of these things are lies. Okay? Relationship is not going to fulfill me. Money will not fulfill me. Success will not fulfill me. Only God, worshiping God, will fulfill me. Only God. Serve only God. Okay? So, again, three different lies. 
Which of these lies do you think Satan has gotten you this week with? Which ones has he been getting you with this month? Huh? Which ones have he, has he been getting you in 2023? Which lies has he get, gotten you with? And which ones are you not really fighting? Which ones are you like, man, that sounds great. Right? If I could just earn God's love, I could be somebody. Or man, circumstances are terrible. God is terrible too. Or is it this one? Is it this one of, man, if I just, if I just get this thing, who cares about God? God, not right now. I'll get this thing first, and then you know I love you. I'll just do it later. Just later. First, let me focus on this. Then, I got you. We're good. Okay? Kind of a deal. Which one has Satan gotten you with? Again, are you fighting? Are you fighting with the sword? Again, every single attack, Jesus says what? He doesn't argue with them. He doesn't, hey, let me, let me tell you about who I am. I'm the son of God. None of these things, right? What does he do? He said, it is written. It is written. Now, uh, we've, we find this pretty difficult to do in our lives, yeah? Okay, I think there's two. There's two reasons why, okay? Um, one, some of us, the reason why we don't do the it is written is because we don't know what's written. Okay, we don't know what's written, what, what, what is written. Okay? We don't know our Bibles very well. Okay? You guys are like, oh man, I feel pretty bad about that one. Okay? But it's true. Okay? It's true. Like Jesus doesn't say, again, he's, he, again we, Jesus is, doesn't know all of these scriptures just because he's God, right? Again, he, him, he's in human form. That means he has studied upon all of these things. He has put these things in, in, into his memory then. And again, you guys have to remember, he was not at his probably like emotionally, physically at his best. 40 days of fasting. Okay? Psychologically, emotionally, then he's, he's wasted. And yet, he has, he knows his scripture so well that he's able to think about scripture. Okay? So the first thing is, some of us, we just don't read scripture whatsoever. And so when you talk to people, you go, well, you know, I heard from a sermon, okay, or my, that one pastor said this. Okay, so you don't know scripture at all. You just heard it from somebody else. Okay, and so therefore, it's hard for you to say it is written because you don't really know what is written, sadly. Okay, that's not really to make you feel bad. That's not the point. Okay, the point is, that's reality. The reality is a lot of us don't really read what is written. Because, and because of that, we don't use it. Does that make sense? Uh, the second part is that um, we become so, again, uh, going back to the first point of what we talked about before is that we live in a pretty secular world. You know? We live in a very secular world, so we don't think about the spiritual attacks at all. We don't think, we live in a world where it's so easy, isn't it, to go our days without even thinking about God one day. You know, it's really easy to do that. Because again, everything outside, okay, encourages us. No, don't think about spiritual. Everything is physical, right? And so because of that, even though we know our words, we might know what's in the Bible, that's not our first weapon of choice. 
For a lot of us, our weapon of choice is ourselves or our skills or our talents because that's what works outside, right? What works outside is not, look at what God did for me, right? People will be like, I don't care what God did for you. You prove it. And so we kind of think that it's going to work the same way in our spiritual life as well, yeah? And so we come to God or we come um, face-to-face with Satan and we go, well, look at all the stuff that I've been doing, right? We play into Satan's um, little deceitful um, arguments, right? So we go, again, going back to the same examples that we went before, it's kind of like, well, let me prove to you that I am the son of God or daughter of God. Okay, let me show you all the good things that I've been doing for God. Okay, let me show you my resume. Okay, let me... Oh, you know, I've been really kind or really loving to people. Let me show you all these different things, all these different lists. But he already got us there. He already got us. As long as we try to defeat Satan ourselves, we lost. We're already done. If we don't pick up the word of God, anything else that comes out, we already lost. We may feel good, but we already lost. Why? Because you might feel good saying, Oh, yeah, I've been going to church. Or, oh, I've been reading the Bible. Or, I've been praying. That may make you feel good. That may make you feel like you're a true Christian, but you're already lost. Why? Because you're depending on yourself, not on God. It's all about you now, right? And what happens? He's going to use that to say, oh, you're such a good Christian. Look at all these other, uh, other Christians. And so what do you start doing? You start looking down upon other people. You start saying, I'm better than better than thou art. And what happens? That's exactly what we see with Pharisees. Extremely religious people. And yet, they don't get it. So Satan already got us right there. Anytime, okay, we don't pick up the sword of God. Instead, we pick up our plastic forks. Okay, we pick up our plastic forks. We already lost. We already lost. We might feel good. Like, yeah, get away from me, but we already lost. Do I have one more? Okay, very good. The question that we need to ask ourselves is, how was Jesus able to do this? Again, our thought is, of course, Jesus is able to do this. Why? Because he's he's Jesus. Of course he does it. But again, that's, that's that's not good. Okay, that's not correct. Because yes, he was God, and yet, he was 100% human being on this earth. Okay? What I think he was able to become, the reason I think he was so convicted, the reason why I think he was able to stand firm, the, why, the reason why he was able to really yield his sword and use his sword is because of what happened 40 days before. Okay? Which is the baptism. He heard the ultimate word, okay, which was the foundation for his ministry. Even before he did anything else, right? All he did was come and be baptized by John the Baptist. No miracles, no nothing, absolutely nothing yet. But when he came out of the water, this was what was said. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son, whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Do you see that? 
You see, this is, this is the foundation. This is the word that Jesus hears before going into the wilderness. Do you guys remember what Satan attacked him with? If you are, what? The son of God. You see? But he didn't have to worry about that kind of stuff. Why? Because he already heard, this is my son, whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. I think all of us, if you actually think of your morning devotionals as this, okay, and the, and the temptation, 40-day temptation as your day, then do you guys see how important your daily devotional becomes? Again, not because, okay, again, Jesus haven't done anything yet but he hears this affirmation. This is what every single one of us need to hear in the morning. You are my daughter. You are my son that I love. With you, I am well pleased. And I know there are so many of you guys, inside your mind you go, but I, I can't. I, I don't deserve it. Okay? I, I haven't been a good person. I don't deserve God's love. Right? That's good that you understand that. That's, that, that. that's very, very good you understand that. Okay? Because, yeah, none of us deserve to hear this. We have failed. There's so many times where we spit in God's face. There's so many times we use his forgiveness to sin more, to dance in our sins. We have done nothing, absolutely nothing to deserve this stuff from him. Okay? And yet, okay, and yet, we see the cross. Okay, and that's exactly what the cross is all about. Okay, Jesus deserves to hear this. But at the end of his ministry, does he hear this? Is this what he hears? No, he hears absolutely nothing. There is no, you are my son. I love you. I am well pleased. Jesus doesn't hear that at all. He hears absolute silence, absolute abandonment. Why? Because we see that Jesus is treated how we should be treated. Right? What we deserve is that abandonment. What we deserve is that punishment of death. But Jesus takes on that punishment and death. And so, so that way, we can take on who he is. He takes our punishment so we can receive his reward. Do you know that? That's what Christianity is all about. Christianity says, because of what Jesus has done, yeah, we do not deserve this whatsoever. But we can hear this. We can hear this because of what Jesus has done. Every single one of us today can hear this. Not because you earned it, not because you deserved it. No, absolutely not. But because of what Jesus has done. We all hear, you are my son. You are my daughter, whom I love. And with you, I am well pleased. Again, every single one of us, we can hear this. This is what devotion is all about. This is why we need to pray. This is why we need to read the Bible. So that we can continue to hear this. And when we hear these words from God, then we can use our sword and fight against the devil's scheme. What would happen in our lives? Okay, what would happen upcoming week if we heard this every morning before we went out to work? 
if we, before we interacted with our kids. Before we're driving. When there's crazy drivers out there. Okay, what would happen? I think there would be transformation. There would be a lot more peace. There would be a lot more love. There would be a lot more kindness. Which will turn into a better world.